you're joking. Not another one? Oh, for God's sake, I can't honestly, I can't stand this. You can't see, cause you can find it home, just that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and lash to nonsense cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person in politics and it's bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and lurk. I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the underground. This is episode 67. And again, I'm joined by the one, the only, Joseph. Wild West Kemp Style. Nations. And I am yep. David Lacey. You did it again! <laughs> <laughs> Next time. Gotta stop interrupting me. You have to wait. You have to wait, uh-huh. Joseph. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. It's staying in. I don't, well, even I'm sorry. I, I don't even remember where I was going with that. This is uh, the... Oh, crap. Just start from the top. I'm totally no. I'm totally off now. It's fine. Everyone's gonna hear it. We're airing the dirty laundry. <laughs> um, welcome back, everyone. This is the show where every week we get to talk about how politics ruins everything. Joseph, mm-hmm. how are you doing? Man, isn't that just the truth? I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? I'm good, man. Um, yeah, the, the, from the 10 minutes we haven't spoken, you're doing good. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> while I was letting Ender outside to use the restroom. In hey, between, I did the same thing. Yeah. In between recordings. I uh, I wanted to mention because I can't believe I didn't do this before, but obviously January was kind of crazy. Um, I got and, and I showed it to you. I got this really cool set of Lord of the Rings books. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's Fellowship, Two, uh, Two Towers and um, Return of the King. And they came in, in a really well designed uh, cover. And they're the uh, most recent edited version of Lord of the Rings. So there's this whole like, and I, I don't know if this was if this is in other versions of it, but the first five or six pages of it is just a history of how the books were edited. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and so there's actually an English version of the edit and a British version of the edit, and the British version is actually the closest to what Tolkien wanted. Uh, out of the work before he died, mm. which he still didn't finish editing <laughs> by the time he died. Uh, kind of incredible. Um, yeah, it it's, it's super interesting. Um, uh, they're from uh, Juniper Books, and y'all should go check out their website uh, because they do a lot of really cool things, but the books are really expensive. They have a set that's the Wheel of Time, uh, and the uh, spines of the books, when you put them all together, I believe it has the wheel on there and then this dragon going across like all 13 books. Oh, that's cool. But it's almost $1,000. <laughs> yeah, I bet it is. Really pricey, but I'm, I'm like, I haven't read those. And I was like, and that looks really cool. And I'm like, I no, no, I can't be broke. No, not that rich. <laughs> anyway, if you want to help support my book addiction, Joseph, tell the good people what they can do. Well, you can support us. We institute a value for value system here and you'll see in our show notes, our direct.me link that has all of our social media accounts. You can follow us on there. It also has where you can find our podcast, subscribe to us wherever or follow us wherever you listen to our podcast on whatever app. And then also you'll see our YouTube page, subscribe to us on there, like our videos, comment, and if you've been following us this long, we just want to say thank you if you're new to us. Thank you if you like our content. Thank you. 
And if you're listening to us and you dislike our content, thank you. Interact with us. Let us know what you don't like. We'd be happy to engage with you. Let us know what you do like. But don't forget, when you review us, leave a five-star review, whether you like us or not. Um, And then the two most important things that you can do, download our episodes and also share our YouTube page, share our podcast on social media by word of mouth. It really just helps us with our reach and audience. See what happens when you don't interrupt people in the middle of something. <laughs> hey, it's not my fault you started new this time. I got an entire year of doing this a certain way, David. I am a creature of habit. Yeah, well, you gotta gotta stay on your toes, like a spider monkey. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely the best line from that movie. You know, I've only ever I saw that in theaters years ago and never watched it again. Oh, don't lie. You saw it last no, year. No, 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 no. I really haven't. Um, <laughs> I I prefer Hot Rod. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's my dumb movie about dumb people movie. Anyway. Yeah, I know what you mean. Joseph. So the day after we recorded last <sighs> week, after talking about Halo, um, I was watching uh, Nerdrotic's stream. Uh, mm-hmm. With Az and Mahler, the real BBC, mm-hmm. and um, an article was posted, and it drives me nuts. This always happens to us. Mm-hmm. This will happen again. Uh, so, for those of you who don't know, we record on Monday, and then we put an episode out on Tuesday, and we put an episode out on Thursday. So, anything that happens during the week before that, or a- or after we record, we have to wait to potentially talk about the following week. Right. Um, and so, literally the next day, this article drops, and I just <laughs> I want to read some of this to you. Um, this is from a really small outlet, uh, but news is news, right? We we have to kind of take it all. It's you know they may not be as big as some other other places, but that doesn't mean we can't potentially find uh, some truth uh, buried in some of these places. So uh, this is from a website called Pop Topic, and it says mm-hmm. Master Chate, uh, Master Chief Chafe. to take Chafe. Master Chafe. <laughs> Master Chafe. <laughs> oh, right. we're totally I'm, isolating that's, that. Wait, no, well, that's the uh, that's the title of the episode for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Master, oh, just Master, make sure you spell it right. <laughs> Master oh, Chief to take backseat to female cast in Halo live action 2022. David, you know what my thought is about that? I mean, you're probably going to you, tell me, right? <laughs> you want to play that clip for me? Oh, <laughs> wait, I have it up. I have it up. Yeah. You're joking. Not another one? Oh, for God's sake, I can't honestly, I can't stand this. <laughs> <laughs> Not another one. Yeah, so let's see. So this uh, article says Paramount Plus revealed the teaser trailer for their upcoming Halo live action series. And it looks like the show is getting the Star Wars reboot makeover. Those are definitely words that everyone wants to hear, especially me. Yes. Um, uh, uh, So Star Wars reboot makeover with a cast of powerful women, female protagonist and villain. Um, Joseph, I thought this show was about Master Chief. Is Master Chief not the main protagonist of the Halo series? (laughs) No, David. This Asian woman has been the main protagonist of the series this entire time. (laughs) 
so, you've just been duped for what over 10 years now yeah so what will master chief's role be you may have noticed that master chief had a small role in the halo live action teaser trailer and that's because he's reportedly just a supporting character <laughs> this show is totally gonna bomb this is they do not understand their audience do they like who it's like they they do not understand their demographic. They literally no. have children in the marketing department. And Steven Spielberg didn't probably doesn't have anything to do with this. He probably Agreed. just slapped his name on there, right? Agreed. Yeah, that's what he does nowadays. Uh, yep. Yeah, speaking of Steven Spielberg, it says that he uh, Steven Spielberg's Halo live-action series looks awesome when it comes to visual effects, which I disagree with. I think it looks kind of garbage. And I'm pretty Agreed. sure we mentioned that last week. Uh, mm -hmm. The team behind the highly anticipated Paramount Plus original show did a phenomenal job, but some fans are concerned the writers got a bit too creative with the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think? It is It is really interesting. This this happened to us when we did the uh, the Witcher review as well, and right. I, I, I think I was the one that mentioned that I thought that the CG looked kind of like trash, uh, just very not what needed to be done for a show, like a Witcher show. Where, for that caliber, right? Yeah, where you have all these really interesting looking monsters that a lot of them are either like really gross looking or just, you know, they have um, uh, very intricate designs like the Leshens and other stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it just, it looked not great, you know? And you know why I think that is? Hmm. Is because they didn't, you know how we talked about how they messed up with the world building and doing it from uh, Geralt's perspective, Geralt's yeah. perspective and everything. Yeah. They could have done that and you know, have some monster scenes to, they could have really done it in a way that cut down on the CGI a lot and was able to enhance it where it needed to be enhanced. Like the monster yeah. scenes and well, stuff like and that. And I, I thought the, the guy, I mean, and this obviously we're not, the, this is right. not a Witcher discussion, but I thought the guy in the first episode that he's like, Oh, he looks like a warthog or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like an old friend of his or an old acquaintance. I thought that looked pretty good. Um, Agreed. But there's the, the flying thing that, that, uh, that kills his horse. Yeah, look terrible, and so Absolutely. yeah, so so much of it, yeah, it just looked really bad. Anyway, um, this looks kind of on the same level, it, and this is the problem: is that these TV shows, which generally the budget is a little bit different than you know a two-hour movie or even a three-hour movie, right? Uh, mm -hmm. There's a lot more that has to go into it. Um, if you're gonna make these epics, you gotta make the CG look good. Yes, you got to make it believable, and it just doesn't. It doesn't look good at all. Um, yeah. So, and and of course, this is just going to be another He-Man, another Cowboy Bebop. Mm -hmm. Prediction correct. Yes. Uh, in this, in this being exactly exactly the thing that I was concerned it would be is that they're going to give Master Chief the back seat. He's going to play some sort of supporting role. Even if he's on screen, he will not be yep. the one taking charge. Um, uh, this is a term that I keep trying to remember that uh, Nerdrotic brings up all the time, but this uh, uh, female actress, um, Yiren Ha, I think is how you pronounce it. She's going to to be the the girl who's the, the key to everything, right? Which is the most common trope yes. ever at this point. You know, and it's funny, Gary, who's nerdrotic, he brings up that that's the same thing with the Witcher series. But at least in the Witcher's yes. defense, the books were written like 30 years ago. Right. And and that was the point of the of the books. Right. One uh, of the points is that she was the key. Right. 
Yeah, yeah. She's very important, right? And now it's gone right. from that being something that gets done in books sometimes or in stories sometimes to all of these stories are about some female character that is the key to everything. Apparently, that's what's mm-hmm. going on in Star Trek. That was what was going on in the Star Wars sequel trilogy. Um, that was in a lot of ways what was going on with He-Man. Um, not so much Cowboy Bebop. That was more just like them pissing the fans off. Crap. Yeah. Oh, dudes. <laughs> yeah. I got through it. Garbage. An episode and a half, and I I fell asleep for part of that, uh, and I was like I'm done with the show. I was like it's oh that makes me mad. I don't even want to talk about that. Oh yeah. Um and so now Halo is the same way where it seems like they're setting this up to to where you've got this female villain right, um and then the mm-hmm. this new female um protagonist who is going to be the key to everything going on. She's probably going to be the reason that like Master Chief. Uh, it, it's going to be recontextualized right, even though this is technically right. a different timeline that she's going to be what makes Master Chief who Master Chief is. David, it's going to be recontextualized for modern audiences. you got to be correct on that. Um, <laughs> what modern audiences? It, who Who is this going to bring in that's not already a Halo fan? I know. Dude, well, the other problem they have is that when you pull up, okay, I want everyone, when you have time, go pull up Yuren Ha and look at her. And see how they took, you know, she's a pretty woman, right? And they take her, and you can even pull it up if you want to, David, and just make her complete, take away her femininity and make her completely masculine and just make her as ugly as possible in this show. It's why I, I don't understand. And they have a consistent habit of doing that in Matrix and in other shows as well. They'll take women and they complain about toxic masculinity, but then they try and buff them up or they try and make them look as masculine as possible. In my opinion. Are you searching her? Oh, you're typing in the Matrix, yeah. You're muted, by the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking this up right now. Uh, I, I want to make this comparison. This is uh, New Matrix, because I cannot remember the title of this movie. New I think it's Matrix movie. Resurrection. I You might be right about that. Yes, Resurrections. Oh, yeah, almost. Okay, so... Not Carrie Ann Moss. Uh, Jessica Hen- uh, Henwick, right, who is one right. of the characters. She plays this character called Bugs, who, if you've seen her... Let me see if I can find some pictures. Come on. She has blue hair in it, short blue hair. Yes. Uh, is she? Is this a full picture? No, it's it's. But I mean, yes. you get the here point. we go. Oh, here yeah. we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. So, uh, if if you see this in the video version, she's on. Uh, she's on the right, mm-hmm. and she's got this short blue hair with the sides shaved. Um, very much a uh, like it's. It's kind of the activist haircut, you know. Yep. Um, we've talked we talked about this with our arcane uh, when, when we talked about arcane, but that haircut has become kind of synonymous with that. Even if the characters in the movie don't really play into that role, right? Right. Okay. So that's that's her there, and then this is another picture of her in uh, uh, Iron, Iron Fist. Fist. Yeah. And. I can't find one from Love and Monsters. But she's like, she's a, like really attractive, right? Like very good looking woman. And they just uggify her for 
the role that she had in uh the matrix for like no reason it's just like and to be honest though in the matrix she's not even like the weirdest looking person in that there's this one lady who looks like they just dangled spaghetti on her forehead do you remember (laughs) it's like it's like she's got these swirly pieces of hair yeah oh my gosh man but yeah i mean this is just this is just more of this weird stuff that hollywood's been doing where right okay like you and I tend to agree for the most part about like the over sexualization of a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, there's extremes on both ends, right? The over sexualization of women and then the complete getting rid of their femi- femininity yes. and uglifying them. Right. Yes. Which is a lot of what we're seeing now. It's, it's the, this thing. And actually we might've mentioned it on the last show. I don't remember, but the, um, you had at one point where, uh, the right was like the moral majority. Mm hmm. And they were the ones who were fighting all of these fights for, like, the moral soul of America. And part of that was uh, how evil and corrupt Hollywood is, which they were correct about. But they were attacking it from the position of, you know, people like me. I mean, obviously, not so much in the 70s and 80s because I wasn't I was hardly alive. But the uh, even into, like, the 90s, there was, like, remnants of this where, like, Fox News would go after stuff like Mass Effect right or they would find the next Mm -hmm. thing that was something that i was interested in and they'd be like this is corruption and ah you shouldn't be into this and how could how could this guy uh be in a relationship with an alien and why would you show that on you know so they were they were nuts they were absolutely nuts and uh now you have the same thing happen but the pendulum has swung to the left exactly and all of them are now doing stuff where like they're 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 taking women and it's like no all of these women must be in outfits that do not show their figure at all and it must be from their neck all the way down to their ankles right yeah and then you're like this huh well i think the handmaid's tale got wrong who would uh be doing that stuff to to those women so it's exactly uh, it's crazy man i i really don't understand it and i don't I, you had said it but i don't understand why they don't why they're so desperate to take away like unless it take away the feminine femininity of women unless it's one of those things where they're trying to basically make us like amorphous blobs and that's like they just want us to all like look exactly the same and i want to make this point too we reviewed arcane and arcane had all female leads right the main characters um had people lgbtq representation um that video will be out at some point too by the way just because this might this might end up on youtube before that will but anyway keep going (laughs) sorry basically had a diverse representation right in the show but the thing is is that the and the reason why we enjoyed it so much is that that wasn't the only defining characteristics about those characters that you were beat over the head with they were more intricate more detailed and and stuff like that and so i think you know this probably is where halo is going to fall short um, don't have high expectations for it. Unfortunately, I probably am going to watch it just so I can review it. Oh, you're going to watch it. I'm not. Wa- <laughs> Listen, we haven't talked about the most recent episode of Book of Boba Fett. Uh, and you're I'm sitting through that thing so that I, I have I'm gonna some sit sort through of Halo. Oh, my gosh, dude. I'll sit through Halo. But what about this next video? Unless you have anything else to say. Well, let me. Uh, I don't really want to talk about Book of Boba Fett this week. Nah, yeah. I don't. I don't really want to. It, dude. You want to talk about an episode full of jangling keys, though? Oh yeah. Where they're just like jingle, jingle. Remember this? That's all yep. that episode was, and everyone went best episode ever. I know. And I'm just like, 
uh, they 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 keep messing with stuff. I actually talked to Tyler about it, and it's funny because he loves all of that. Yeah. Um, and I I I didn't convince him that I didn't 100% convince him that I'm right. Um, I'm right, but uh, the biggest thing was, and and we actually agreed on this, which is it's nice to talk to someone who who likes Star Wars, who you mm-hmm. can be like, hey, because this is what most of the conversation was. Uh, you do understand that them giving no context for anything in these series uh, when a lot of people have never watched Clone Wars or any of the other stuff that's just basically cartoons where all of mm-hmm. this, like, a lot of this uh, gets contextualized, a lot of the Star Wars, modern Star Wars does, um, is really annoying because they do things and stuff doesn't make sense and characters' motivations make no sense and it feels lazy because they're like, well, you should know about it because you watched all of this other stuff and it's like, why would I watch that? I don't watch a lot of cartoons. Right, exactly. I don't watch a lot of animated stuff. Arcane is the exception to the rule, not the norm. Yep. So, anyway, that's all I got to say about that. That episode was stupid. So, what's this follow-up to Killmonger you want to talk about? Was he the hero? Oh, man. Well, happy Black History Month, everyone. I'm about to ruin a lot of people's favorite character (laughs) in that movie. All right, before I do... Go ahead. So... Uh, back way, 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 way back when we first started the podcast, um, we put out an episode because Mo of MoFax had a really interesting thing to say uh, about sort of what might be the underlying uh, nature of Black Panther. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm going to play that. Um, and this is actually the first time I've heard it since uh, we played that episode because I wanted to kind of go in fresh again uh, okay. and hear it because I recently watched Black Panther again. Um, and spoiler alert, I think that movie is like D tier at best. Like if we were doing a tier list of all of the Marvel movies, that movie would probably be a D. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't explain why really that maybe that can be saved for another time, but that's, oh man, that movie was a bit of a slog to get through. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's, you've seen it, right? What's that? Uh, Black Panther. Yeah. I've seen Black yeah, Panther. It, oh man. I just. There's a lot about that movie that I'm like, uh, <laughs> okay. Anyway, so there is this uh, theory, if mm-hmm. you will, or this argument that goes around that uh, Killmonger is actually kind of the the more heroic character in the mm-hmm. movie. That he he has the more um, almost like altruistic uh, vision for. Um, his people yes like he's the one who has this better anyway so uh this is some here mo i don't i I can't quite remember i think mo may make an argument for this but i i I want us to listen to it again uh and then uh we can talk about it and then i want to talk about it having now seen the movie again after all this time okay um where did i put it here we go let's do it so I, I, I want to talk quickly about uh, Black Panther because that was one of the last gaps to bring black people back into the fold of Africa. They're bringing that back. But yeah, well, the, the original when I saw the and, I, and once again, nothing is nothing is no no pun intended. Nothing is black or white because it's like cool Black Panther. Okay, my son can watch you know a movie and. No, see, got like heroes and no of different varieties, and that's cool. Yeah. But when you break that, and I'm gonna do a whole show on this eventually one day. But just a quick synopsis of Black Panther: What happens is, uh, you have an African prince come to America, 
to try to help black people. Uh, and they come here and I guess and they kill him and they leave his son Killmonger behind, which is half African-American or ADOS and half uh, from Wakandan. Uh, yeah. And when he goes back and fights the real black, when the, the, the stand, the, the existing black Panther, he beats them fair and square. Mm hmm. And yeah. then, then the Wakandans team up with the CIA to take him out of power. Isn't that crazy? Holy shit. It's like, what? <laughs> Excuse me for cussing. I mean, but it's like, what? Yeah. Hold on. Now, let's run that back again. I know. The guy has actual rights to the throne yeah. through his father. Yeah. He goes back and wins it fair and square. And then they work with the CIA to take him out of power because he said, let's take our resources and and give it to black people across the world. No, 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 no. You can't do that. (laughs) You can't be doing that. So that's what Disney is putting out. So, I mean, so now you see, you know, my uh, conflict here. (laughs) Okay. So he's mostly right. Okay. In the sense that, um, Apparently, Disney somehow convinced a lot of people that Killmonger was not a horrible person, uh, mm-hmm. which is a really weird thing to consider because he um, he poisons a woman in uh, an innocent woman uh, in the one of the first scenes that he's in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because for like reasons, kind of because like maybe she stole that she he like blames um, uh, people like her for stealing African um, like artifacts. Mm-hmm. And so he kills her and like steals one and takes it back, right? Um, he kills a lot of other people, including his girlfriend, along the way. She is a ne- in his mind a necessary sacrifice uh, yep. for his goal to get back to Wakanda. Not exactly very heroic. Exactly. Okay? Mo is correct that he does have a right to the throne because Killmonger's father is the father of T'Chaka. I can't believe I remembered that. Uh, who is uh, who was the current Black Panther? Um, he dies in Civil War, right? And let me take a side note about Civil War real quick. Other than the fact that potentially it's the best Marvel movie, he T'Chaka in Civil War is characterized as a very loving, compassionate person. In Black Panther, he murders his own brother. Mm. Yep. For the sake of keeping a civilization hidden for for some reason, right? Um sounds moral. Yeah. Not to mention that it seems really weird that um uh Claw is the first person and only person who ever happened to get out of uh Wakanda alive, right? Yeah. They Plot make convenience. Yeah. It's weird, right? Because like no one there's a lot of really like morally ambiguous things about the way Wakanda works um it's very kind of very interesting the way that it's written because they kind of imply that if outsiders find Wakanda they kill them to keep it a secret Mm -hmm. right (laughs) it's one of those things that this movie and Wakanda was lifted up as this like altruistic society right and it's like right these people built a wall so that no one could find them and they murder anyone who gets inside who might take their secrets to the outside world. Yeah. And that also includes their own people. Um, T'Chaka again, right, after killing Killmonger's father, 
could have solved the entire problem by bringing Killmonger back with him to Wakanda. But he left him in uh, Oak, Oak, Oakland. In Oakland. To grow up and somehow become in, embittered, right? Right. So all of this goes down. He's correct. Killmonger does beat him fair and square. I really hate the way that this happens in this movie because T'Chaka is supposed to be T'Challa, excuse me. T'Challa is someone who has been raised in the society. He's supposed to be this pretty like this really good warrior, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's sort of contextualized that Killmonger is also a good fighter. Mm-hmm. Um but it doesn't make sense that he beats him in hand-to-hand combat. Like it's not I'm not convinced yeah. that um T'Challa would have lost even without his Black Panther powers. All that being right. said, um, once Killmonger gets into power, he then decides to send weapons across the entire world in order to essentially bring his form of supremacy to every part of the globe. This is the character that people are calling a hero. Hero. And not a hero in the sense of like he's a hero, he's he's a literary hero, right? No, mm-hmm. they're talking about a white knight, altruistic style hero who is there to uh, make the world a better place. His idea he, of making the world a better place is basically reigning over them with an iron fist. Right, and so, man, so I guess what would you classify him as? As a villain? Just, yeah, villain, right? Yes, he not murdered, as even an anti-hero. No. But, he, yeah, he's, he's. You can understand his motivations, where he's coming from, but he's still a villain. Yes, it it's easy enough. I mean, the mo- it, they're the writing in the movie is not very good. But yes, if you're just going from this idea of like he became bitter because this guy from a place that he had heard about murdered his father, who he loved, who he saw as someone that was helping people, right? Which seemed to be the case, right? So his, uh, Killmonger's father steals the vibranium to try to like mm-hmm. help uh, Oakland. <laughs> For, right. I mean, it, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Why Oakland? I don't think we find out. No, it's just that's where it's located. It's fine. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's just funny because like Oakland is like uh so um it, it it's gone so in the direction of of like million dollar houses now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like they anyway. Um. They uh. All of that kind of makes sense in the context of why Killmonger would be bitter about this. But to call him anything other than a villain is ridiculous. He mm. He's not even conflicted about what he's doing, right? right. At least with an anti-hero. I'm trying to think of a good a good example of someone who... Uh, is the anti-hero the I, Hulk? That's the first one that always comes to oh, my mind. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That that's pretty good. Like he's he's not in, completely in control, but he wants to do the right thing. And Bruce Banner is um, conflicted because uh, he can't control Hulk, and he's worried about hurting people, even though he doesn't want to. Close right. enough. Um, yeah, yeah. That's an that's somewhat of an antihero, right? You could, Deadpool. Deb. Yeah, Deadpool kind of is, but that's that's a hard. Yeah, he's yeah. Because he's he's kind of in the middle. He doesn't really align right. necessarily with your traditional hero, but he's not also a villain. But he does bad Wolverine, things. He does kinda. bad things. Wolverine could be. Um, anyway, so all of that yeah. all of that being said, um, Killmonger he's he's not a hero, 
right? And after he's done this whole thing where he's explained how he essentially wants to take over the world, doesn't exactly sound like a very heroic thing to do. Um, he also, for reasons, and I, I mean that because it doesn't make a lot of sense, he somehow manages in the, in the span of like a day to mm-hmm. convince half of the population of Wakanda to fight for him because he's the rightful ruler now. <laughs> It doesn't make right. any, it doesn't make sense. It's plot convenient. Yeah, it's very it's super convenient, dude. Um oh man, I should yeah, there there's so much of the, oh my god, that movie. Um anyway. So yeah, I I I just kind of thought that was interesting that I was going back through that movie and I was thinking about it because I was like, "Oh, I think at one point I was semi convinced that like, oh yeah, uh I remember Killmonger's motivations from from that point of view. But when you leave out the fact that he murdered a lot of people, including his girlfriend, to get what he wanted, it's all self yeah. he's doing it for selfish gain. He doesn't right. he I am never convinced in that it's a movie. It's a warm view. Yes. I'm never convinced in that movie that his purpose is to help the less fortunate. Because ultimately mm. what he's doing is he says the the problem is is that there are powerful people hurting the less fortunate. So I'll just become the powerful person and rule over it because and because I think that I can do better and if I'm in control of everything, uh, things will be more fair. Again, that right. sounds more like a villain than it does a hero. So yep. happy Black History Month, everybody. Well, in the better news for Black History Month, I have a positive review of... The movie Passing. Um, David, have you seen it? No. Do you know why? Yes, yes, I do know why. You're not a big fan of Tessa Thompson. That's okay. I'm not a big fan of Tom Cruise or Meryl Streep, and my wife hates it. That I'm not a big fan of Meryl Streep because that's her favorite actress, and uh, you know everybody like treat her and treats her in the acting world as Beyonce, and I'm like, yeah, no, she just I don't like her. But uh, it's actually an adaption of the 1929 book Passing by Nella Larson. And so congratulations on Hollywood for making something original, um, adapting a movie from a African-American author. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, This movie actually makes me want to read the book now. And then it led me into – Researching her led me into other works and and things that were done um, conveying the same concept as passing, but done differently. And so I really enjoyed the movie. I was surprised. I wasn't expecting to just due to how Hollywood is and and how far left they become and things that we've talked about over and over on this podcast, identity politics and stuff like that. But um, was there something you wanted to say, David? Uh, About about passing? No, about Tessa Thomas. (laughs) Tessa Thompson Thompson. Um, she's in uh, this this one movie called um, oh shoot I'm gonna have to look it up Uh, she's not in the movie a whole lot it really doesn't have anything to do with her but it's this movie from that I saw last year that I kind of thought was cool because it's got this wild uh, third act Um, uh, let me let me look that up I will say that I've I actually because of Mo Mm -hmm. um, I've have been very interested in a lot of uh, I guess you would call it like uh, it's not really black culture. I guess it's what you would call black history mm-hmm. um, in, the, in the sense of what the deal was with passing. Um, there was this thing about the uh, brown paper bag test for uh, HBCUs. Really mm. Yeah, HBCUs, yeah. Okay. Um, 
and the that even among um, blacks, there was differences with like skin color. Um, obviously, you know, you have uh, it, it's generally referred to as like light skin and dark skin um, mm-hmm. in, in in those communities. Right. Um, and they uh, generally, if your skin was too dark, you couldn't get into an HBCU. Mm. Um, so that was the brown paper bag test because I think it was like if your if your skin was dark, terrible. Yeah, if it was darker than a a paper bag, oh, then man. they wouldn't let you in. Um, so even you know, it, it, this is the kind of stuff that I'm fascinated by is like history of things that don't really get talked about for one reason mm-hmm. or another, and that's why I always liked Mo. Yeah, because he talks about that kind of stuff without uh, calling me like uh, a a dirty. Uh, uh, a dirty Caucasian. We'll just say yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, or as what the mayor of Eric Adams said recently, um, calling a bunch, a group of white people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you put it or in Vosh, your chili. Vosh did that. And so did uh, yeah. Hassan uh, Piker. Yeah. So uh, I, I thought the concept was great. It's based on reality. Too, okay. So what right? is the, hang on. What is the movie about? That, that's what I'm about to get in. So it's set in the 1920s, and the movie follows two light-skinned black women, Irene and Claire, who quote-unquote pass as white. Now, Claire passes more as white because she's mixed. Um, and basically it shows how, the, you know, how that affects their lives and their relationships because Irene identifies as an African-American and is married to a black doctor, whereas Claire identifies as white and is married to a wealthy racist white man named john the reunion of the friends threatens both of their constructive realities um and so uh irene is played by testa thompson and claire is played and i had to look this up because i looked up the pronunciation of her last name the pronunciation (laughs) didn't help me out at all (laughs) <laughs> and I saw the comments and they're like, when someone says, who's your favorite actress, you start sweating profusely because um, <laughs> of her last name. But uh, I looked at a clip of her saying her last name and the lady who the woman who plays Claire is Ruth Naga. Um, uh. Yeah, her last name. Her last name is N-E-G-G-A. So. Um, yeah, so yeah, gotta be careful, gotta be careful yeah, gotta, saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, uh, dude. <laughs> so uh, I really can't think of. Oh, there it is. You know, if I wanted to be really nitpicky about this movie, to, if I wanted to get into negatives real fast, because the list of goods is really long. If I wanted to get into negatives, um, maybe at times it's slower or uh, a bit okay. Maybe some better editing here could have help with the dialogue a little bit better writing here something like that but that's just really nitpicky i thought it was well, a really on. good movie so is it is it slow what do you mean by that because that, i i i, I guess like will, the scene can drag on a little bit too long too long okay that, yeah. that's, that's that's fair i pe- sorry i'm gonna be slightly um particular but uh the when people say that they they don't uh or like a movie sucks because it's slow uh that's like really subjective Mm-hmm. So it's one of those That's things that it's like, oh, well, it was boring. It's like, well, what do you mean by that? It's like, was was it that the pacing was really bad because things were um, taking too long? Or was it that you it just didn't hold your attention, right? Because, right. Uh, uh, for instance, I and I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, oh, shoot. I forgot the name of the movie. But I was having a conversation with someone recently about a, a, a movie. 
and uh, I like this movie. And they were like, oh, I I, I thought it was boring because it's slow. And I was like, well, what what do you mean by that? Because that's, that's really subjective because I mm. like it and I think the pacing works and the fact that it's slow doesn't bother me at all. But then you're saying that, uh, that it does. So there's right. there's a, a disconnect somewhere in there um, with whether, like what really makes um, the pacing work and whether it's like slow and boring or whether whether it's not. So Right. Sorry. Keep going. No, you're good. Uh, thanks for asking me that. I think that clarification is important, especially since we're reviewing movies, right? What do yeah. we mean by yeah, what we're yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Right. Say what you mean and mean what you say. So I think uh, the good about this movie is shot in black and white, which perfectly helps to convey their concept of passing as white. Right. I also thought it was interesting and funny to see a black actresses in white face. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> I was going to make so, a joke. Was what's gonna, that? It was going to be like, um, Oh shoot. What is her name from the Witcher? Um, Oh, uh, Fringilla? No, not Fringilla. Uh, the redhead. Oh, Tessa? Uh, no. Uh, um, oh, crap. What's Tess. her name? Tess. Tess. That's it. So that, 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 that actress is mixed, and they definitely lighten her skin for that role, and mm. no one's talking about it. Mm. Yeah. Kind of like she's passing. Yep. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so I thought that the character development of Claire and Irene, not just them, but since they're the two main um, uh, actresses in the movie, uh, point of views in the movie, right? Mainly, actually, the point of view is shot from Irene. So, but since the movie integrates on both of them, Claire is sort of an enigma in the show, right? But over time, you start to learn more and more about her, her past, and her current reality, right? And why she chooses to pass as white. And then you learn as it goes on, you start to see her, you know, you can tell in the beginning, uh, like shortly after they meet and she wants to come over to, you know, they have the conversation in her hotel room. You can see that, okay, maybe there's a slight regret there, but over time you see Claire regretting choosing the passes white and wishes, you know, she has this pursuit of going back to the black community there in Harlem. And Irene, again is the point of view the movie is from and she is shown as intelligent and meticulous in the beginning but as a movie goes you begin to see her you know like she desires very upscale life right and she has an upscale home in harlem her husband's a doctor and then you start to see her insecurities play out as the more and more claire is around and the more and more she begins to try and to figure out claire and reconcile those feelings that she has. And so the movie, as it develops and as Claire begins to come around, Irene and her family portrays Claire as envious of Irene's life. And then Irene envious of certain aspects of Claire's life and the benefits of passing as white and what that grants you in society at that time. Um, the pacing, pacing and editing is good. It really, it keeps everything going. You can see in the beginning of the movie, uh, it opens uh, with Irene, played by Tessa Thomas again, Thompson again, in the white part of town in New York, and she's shopping for her boys, and a white lady drops something, and she hands it over, and then she ends up going to a hotel, and there is when she meets Claire, goes up to Claire's hotel room, and her husband comes, and they have a, a dialogue and a conversation of, you know, he talks about how he hates black people. 
and says that it's funny because it seems like the longer I've been married to Claire, the darker that she's becoming. And, can and I, then can I ask you a question? Yeah. Is the racism really on the nose? No, no. I mean, it is like I, I hate, with John, maybe with John, just, maybe it's just the way that you're explaining it. But like, and obviously I haven't seen it, but the mm-hmm. way, the way you're explaining it is like in my head, it's just like, so there's a way, mm-hmm. even in a, a time period where, mm-hmm. uh, people were talking like that mm-hmm. there's a way to make it nat. does it does it feel natural to you the way that, yeah. that it's it's discussed in the movie it's, like the character who is supposed to be like the racist yeah yeah it's all natural it's okay i'm just kind of briefly yeah I, yeah i feel you. briefly I, going into it you really don't catch you don't get into the racism part until you meet john and that's kind of understanding that that's central to you once once you meet john you know irene meets john and it's a converse, you know, the conversation slowly develops and eventually, even when he, t- you know, talks about, it's not like he comes out, wait, and actually made, does it, I mean, he comes out very blatantly basically saying that he hates black people. Right. And he says the N word in the movie. Right. And then, um, but it's central because you pick up from there, the foreshadowing that, okay, Claire and Irene are about to start hanging out and eventually, especially with him not realizing that Claire is actually black, you know, at least, you know, part black. Um, eventually that's going to come to a head in the movie. Right. And so, uh, as I said, the pacing editing is good. keeps you on your seat as, you know, Irene is navigating all of that in the beginning, meeting Claire and all that good stuff. Um, then Irene's husband once Claire, I mean, well, then Irene goes back to Harlem. You see her meet her husband, Brian, who's a doctor. And eventually, you know, Claire starts coming around and Irene is hesitant at first, but then starts allowing her to come around and Brian starts to develop an interest in Claire. And it basically kind of portrays the audience is unsure. Irene definitely suspects that they've had an affair, but the audience is unsure if there is an affair going on um, or if it's just more so of interested in Claire just due to the life she chooses to live or if there's a romantic feeling there. But it's important because over time, Irene just becomes more insecure and suspicious and suspicious of Claire. And it also kind of shows her desiring, again, as I said earlier, different aspects of Claire's life, like being able to just pick up and leave and go to Europe or go somewhere. Um, So let's see here. What do I have here? So, let's see. Yeah, I already talked about that. Okay, and then the last good point was there's not really anything that's surprising about this movie, if that makes sense. But I think it does a great job of that foreshadowing in the beginning and the payoff at the end, right? We talked about payoff a lot. And they're at a party at the end, and that's when... um, it's just an, an all black party, right? And John finally comes over and confronts Claire, who is standing with Irene by a window. And again, you're kind of throughout the movie, as it develops, you see Irene's tension with Claire. And as John approaches, he's mad. As he approaches Claire, Irene pushes her back and she falls out the window, right? It's not like a, but it's not like a jarring push. It's just like, it's enough though to make her fall, if, if you get what I'm saying. And so it's I'm sorry, up. I remember I was muted. I'm like, la- you're like, she pushes her out the window. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so what I, 
what what's interesting about it is left to the viewer to know whether if it was an intentional act by Irene or if it was accidental because again you have John you know coming to confront her to her face he's pissed off right and Irene also you know the scene before that Brian and Claire were really talking together and you have that jealousy aspect with Irene towards Claire thinking that you know she may be his mistress and so it culminates with that one scene and her pushing her out and it's like you it's left up to interpretation that that the the potential of both could also be there it's, it's accidental yet at the same time she wanted to do that to get her out of her life and Brian the husband actually ends up witnessing it all and the cops ask him and he said it was uh purely accidental that she fell out doesn't even mention that Irene pushed her and so I thought it was a good movie I thought it was great the scene a few scenes before that was when there were there was another party and she breaks like this coffee pot or teapot marble pot and uh, I think someone had bumped her and she said it's okay I've been looking for a reason to get rid of this thing. And you know, my mom or whoever always said that the best way to get rid of something is to break it. So that kind of foreshadows, you know, this ending with Claire. So I thought it was good. I'm sorry. I don't have more to say. <laughs> no, you're fine. You didn't watch it. Um, that other movie, was a good movie, that other movie with Tessa Thompson, by the way, is called sorry to bother you. Uh, and if you want to see something, that legitimately has one of the wildest third acts I've ever seen. It also has one of the funniest uh, jokes, uh, like making fun of white people that I've ever seen too. That I oh I, yeah it, yeah it's kind of inappropriate, so I can't I can't say it on the show um, due to Joe Rogan things. <laughs> but it's dude, it's right. really funny. Um, but so if you haven't seen Passing, so. go see it. Okay. I think it I think it's worth a watch. Yeah. Okay. Um. Cool. Uh, there, <laughs> You're like I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't. I mean, you know. Hey, That's too funny. Hey, if if Joseph convinced you, go watch the movie. <laughs> You're not convinced. I probably did a bad job of explaining it. It's not over the top on the racism. It's not. It, it's <laughs> over the it's important it. to the story, but it's not well, sure. central. If that if, it, 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 if it's that more makes about, sense. It's more about the two women's relationship. Yes, exactly. And, and the passing thing plays a role, but it's not active. And it's funny because, you know, uh, I can't remember who said it, but in other books and topics along this, people end up, you know, that are trying to pass as white end up getting killed for trying to pass as white. Whereas yep. in this, in the novel and in this book, she gets killed for her longing to come back to the black community. Hmm. You know, so that was interesting because at first she's kind of, shunned and everything but then as the more she comes around the more in my view that people really want her and the attention comes off of irene and so again there's a lot of jealousy going on yeah on irene's part not on claire's interesting interesting but yeah all right you got anything else as always the two best things that you can do to help our podcast is to share it on social media Share our YouTube channel on social media, word of mouth, and then also download our episodes. Other than that, that's all I have to say. Thank you guys for listening. 
We'll be back on Tuesday with more news. We're hopefully going to be getting into the whole thing going on with the, the truckers up in Canada. Um, we'll see if anything is resolved. It feels that that whole situation feels like it's starting to come to a head just a little bit. Um, yep. But I, I honestly it don't does. know. Um, anyway. We'll see. Uh, thank you guys again. And until next time, take it easy. Take it easy. Politics ruins everything. Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort so question as if you Warshack. Horsemen force men and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see, cause you can find it home, just that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and lash to nonsense cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person in politics and it's bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and lurk. I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose. And it's a beautiful thing too. Uh. Hold up. Yeah. Hey, hey. Looking at the technological advances. I used to be on dial up looking for answers. Now what? Underappreciating was candid. And 20 years later, we got computers that hand fit. Used to be playing Sega Genesis with bros. Now I'm gaming with some folks on the other side of the globe. Used to go through a label if you trying to blow. Now people got more options on the table, got a post. Social media got us connected as ever on every medium. Should be more righteous and clever, but what we see in this communication is error and still the devious. Evil's immediate, tedious that you gotta be remediate. Cause idiots get heebie jeebies in the event that they don't agree with you. Try to ruin your whole life, cause you say what they dislike. God forbid y'all disagree without a fight. The type of stuff that will clear up if you lighten up, Jack. Your trifle subject, your life would right if you give up that. You're mad at nothing, not adding up when you're sad enough at a sad sack that gets aggravated. And now you pay it forward, let people make your blood boil. Emotions firing like microwave foil or the oil, they annoy you. You add another's neck for the wrong reasons. Election years now seeming like full blown seasons. Man, you let politics ruin, or rather control. Your whole life, man, you're gonna be a miserable person. Straight up. Unfortunately, that's where we're at. A lot of people are consumed by this. And it's driving them crazy. And they hate their neighbors. 